Well, nice to see everybody here uh, on a midsummer Shabbat. Sometimes there's a lot of vacations going on, so thank you all for coming. Um, welcome any visitors that we have. And to those listening online, may you be blessed wherever and whenever you are listening to this. Parashat Vetkanan, as Carlos said, this is a really loaded parasha. A lot of stuff going on here. Moshe gives a history lesson to the people, reminding them of the first generation and the stuff they did wrong and trying to correct the mistakes. He reiterates the 10 words. Remember, many of these people were not even alive when Mount Sinai, that experience happened. And so Moshe's trying to drive that home. And of course, the Shema, the most famous of all the prayers in Judaism, it's really just the central you know, uh, theological thought within Judaism is the Shema. Um, I'd like to start there, just reading a couple verses out of Devarim chapter 6. Carlos read this, but those listening online may not, have not heard that, because at this time, we are not streaming that part of our service. You never know what the future holds. But just a few minutes ago, Carlos was reading from the Torah, and he was reading in part from Deuteronomy um, chapter 6, um, verse 4. One of the most fav- famous lines of all of Torah, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words which I am commanding you today are to be upon your heart. And of course, when uh, we read in there these words, Moshe is talking about Torah, of course. And he's very, reading through the Torah portion, you get a sense of urgency from Moshe because he's very concerned about these people. There's a lot of people about to enter the land, and they're people just like we are people. You think about the people in this room and how many different personalities we have and how many differences we have. And we go to Torah study and all the spirited debate that we have. We're very different people, but we're only a few dozen. These people here are about to enter the land, and there's lots of them. And they have to figure out how they're going to make that work. They have to set up a government, an economy. They have to work with and through all their differences, and still come together as a community with one central place of worship and accomplish that too. So there seems to be a lot to overcome here. But Torah will help them overcome those differences. It gives them a framework to exist in a unity despite differences in opinion and other personal um, differences. Ideally, of course. That's the power of Torah. This is why Moshe is just really hammering away at it over and over and over. And of course, I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. Psalm 119 says, Open my eyes so I may behold the wonders from your Torah. It says, Give me understanding that I may keep your Torah and observe it with all my heart. It says, Great peace have they who love your Torah. 
Torah, of course, is the revelation of God, instruction on how to give a godly, live a godly life. And the wisdom of Torah um, was something that was going to be able to bind these people with all their differences together. It was also meant to be something that would extend to all the nations. A couple chapters earlier, in chapter 4, Carlos read this as well. He's talking to his people here, and it says, chapter 4, verse 6, you must keep them and do them, for it is your wisdom and understanding in the eyes of the peoples, that's other peoples, who will hear all these statutes and surely say, surely this great nation is a wide and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has God so near to them as Adonai our God is whenever we call on him? What great nation is there that has statutes and ordinances that are righteous like all of this Torah that I'm setting before you today? This is well, this Torah lifestyle that the Israelites would be living would be something that all the nations would see and recognize as wisdom. Lancaster calls it Torah evangelism in his commentary on Depths of the Torah. He says that, Living a life of conspicuous obedience to the commandments is the Torah's prescription for evangelism. I know when most of us think about evangelism, we think about an outreach effort, giving out tracts, something like that. But in the, considering the words of chapter 4, we see here that the nations are drawn to them because of the wisdom of the Torah. There's no need to necessarily go out and evangelize in the sense many of us think about it. We have to be ready for people who are coming and being drawn to that light, drawn to Torah. And so, it is our duty here at Adat Etzkaim to represent that. We have to be representatives of not only the Torah, but what it's like to be a disciple of Yeshua. How we represent ourselves is important, right? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved in the King James takes a little bit of work to rightly divide the word. And so studying takes a little bit of work. We have responsibility to be able to uh, give a little bit of this light out to people as people are being drawn to this movement. And if we are going to represent something, we need a good idea of who we are. We need to know our community a little bit. And much like the children of Israel, there's a lot of differences we have that we need to be comfortable with and know how to articulate. There are three types of people here at Adad Kaim. I know, it sounds like the start of a bad joke. And this isn't just here. I've been around for over a decade. I've met lots of you folks. I've had the opportunity to travel, a lot of different conferences, Messianic conferences all around the country. I've got to meet hundreds, maybe thousands of people. I've very, always been very aware of what kind of people are they, how are they wired. Throughout the years, I've developed a little theory in my head, and I have taken you guys and put you in three groups. I know you don't like that, but that's what I've done in my mind. And it's pretty consistent as far as I can see, not only in the conferences, but other Messianic uh, Jewish congregations fairly have this consistent pattern. The first group is wired to view this movement as an end-time movement of God. Are there any Jonathan Kahn fans out there? 
Okay, you're in group one. This is an MJAA-minded group. They are lightly charismatic. Um, the group sees the resurgence of Messianic Judaism as a sign that the Jewish people are recognizing their Messiah. This means we are nearing the great day of the Lord, right? In Romans, Paul says to the Jew first. Why? Because in chapter 11, he says their recognizing will mean life from the dead. So he's anticipating that when there's Jewish revival and they come to know their Messiah, that's going to usher in the kingdom. Many of these folks love spirited music. They'll be raising hands. They'll be Davidic dance. It's an exciting bunch. And many people here are wired like that. They need support and spiritual nourishment to help them grow and thrive. Now, the next group is a little more traditional in nature. Maybe UMJC-minded, if I'm really... There's a lot of overlap here, but follow, track with me a minute. The next group is very traditional-minded. In that tradition and intellectual prowess are held as very valuable to one's spiritual walk. Every congregation has these. You've got a family or two that eats really kosher. They'll even separate meat and dairy. You know, they're really in a tradition and every Messianic Jewish congregation's got a family or two that does that. And then kind of a few others that are right close to that level of observance. Tradition is highly valued. Consider the words of Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2.15. I quoted 2 Timothy 2.15 earlier. Now I'm quoting 2 Thessalonians 2.15. It was really weird when this hit me last night. If you care to look, it's on page 1152, 2 Thessalonians 2.15. It's not 1152 in our Bibles, David. But it's 1152 in the Pew Bibles. 2 Thessalonians. That's 1 Thessalonians. Jeez. Okay. It's like a page and a half. And it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, uh, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by the letter. Now, of course, to be fair, not exactly sure what traditions he was talking about, but certainly this does establish the idea that following tradition is a biblical principle. One would assume, since he was a Pharisee, that his pharisaical ways would have been reflected in those traditions, and pharisaical Judaism is a Judaism that Adonai chose to survive after the exile, and that really builds the foundation of much of what we see today in Messianic Judaism. These folks love liturgy, they love the sages, Midrash, you know, all that tradition. There are many people here wired like that, and they too need support and spiritual nourishment to help them grow and thrive. Now, the third group of people are people who can't decide whether they want to be in group one or group two. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The third group would be what I call, um, like, it's difficult for me to describe that. People who are just honestly seeking. They would be maybe perhaps newer people. Um, but perhaps people who've been here for a couple years, they know that Shabbat means something and they want to participate in that. They know that Torah is something that they want to begin implementing into their life, just not sure how that works. Um, 
they probably, like all of us, went to church most of their life, and they just think that there's something missing, something deeper, something more authentic to that original first century experience. And so it's a lot of people just coming, seeking something um, a little deeper. But all this variation in thought that, uh, you know, and this group too needs spiritual nourishment. I mean, we all need that. We all really need the same thing. We all need this place in each other. Variation of thought, the differences that we have, that's just byproducts of human nature, human beings. This is why we can read the Torah. We read the story of the generations about to go into the promised land or the mistakes the first generation made. And we can really connect with all of that because we are people with this area, uh, very much the same personalities and differences that those people had. And the solution is the same too. Follow God and follow his ways. That's just the practical application to this. We see even when the second generation went into the land and the subsequent generations after that, when they fall away from the Torah, things just don't go well for them. It was the same thing with the early uh, believers. It was thriving. Um, we had uh, churches all across the Mediterranean uh, area, but once a generation or two passes and they stray from Torah and Shabbat, things don't go so easy. The truth has always been there, and so the need to stay focused on him, stay focused on the Torah, seek the kingdom, these are all things that in the process will bind us together despite our little bit of differences in the kind of way we see things. And the in that process, the spirit will ignite within us a light, one that draws people in so people can see how we are living our lives and be drawn into that. They'll see the wisdom of Torah and they'll see the gracious nature and understanding nature that we have towards one another and that'll be something that draws people in, right? Yeshua said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but they put it on a lampstand so it gives light to all the house, so everyone can see this light. So we need to let, let that light shine before men so that they may see our good works, which draws them in, and this glorifies our Father who is in heaven. So may we be people who are gracious and understanding with all our little peculiar differences. May our discipleship path, how we live our life, be, uh, lead us to be good representatives of his Torah, allowing us to bless each other um, and others who come seeking. And may all our efforts be this, for the sake of his kingdom and our coming king, Yeshua, let that be soon and in our days. Shabbat Shalom.